0: heart. Self-publishing is kind of like a bake sale. The end product does not need to resemble the one that comes from a commercial bakery, but it must taste good. No one wants the lumpy, underbaked oatmeal cookies with spinach and alfalfa-flavored chips. D.C. Williams. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing.
1: Welcome to Writing Roots, I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lieses, and I may or may not have just thrown up in the back of my mouth just a little bit. Yeah, hearing the
0: underbaked oatmeal cookies with spinach and alfalfa flavored chips? Ugh.
1: Nope. No, thank you.
0: Mm, Yeah, no. (laughs) So if your book is an underbaked oatmeal cookie with spinach and alfalfa, you need to rewrite it.
1: You might have a difficult time connecting with your audience on that one.
0: So for today's bonus episode, we are continuing our review of breaking down why certain myths aren't real in the writing world. And today's is about self-publishing and the fact people think that self-publishing is free.
1: I am going to tag on to this that a similar myth with the same parent, the same root, so to speak, is that self-published novels are underbaked oatmeal cookies with spinach and alfalfa flavored chips. Your novel is only worthy if it's traditionally published. Another myth with the same root.
0: And then on top of that, there's the idea that self-publishing
1: is faster. You finished your first-ish draft of your novel in November. Yes. So you published it by Christmas? Huh, no. What does the timeline look like for you? At least six months or so for this latest book. The first one was
0: a little bit faster. I think I rushed some of the processes, but again, the writing of it was easier. But this book, Katie Ratio, took me a lot longer because I wanted it to be better. So yes, the first draft was finished in November, early December. And I didn't finish the second draft until about the end of February. And then I had to edit it which I finished mid-March, and then I had to edit it again, which I just finished. So that's, what, four or five months
1: of just writing and editing of my own? And the publishing process should not be a solitary thing. When you're publishing, even self-publishing, with quality, you'll be handing it off to beta readers, you'll be handing it off to editors, you'll be Working on cover design. You'll be doing all of these things. I have an enormous amount of my works that are up to and done with the self editing and then have been shelved. I haven't done the rest of the work because I haven't been able to do them with somebody else.
0: Why exactly do these myths exist? That self publishing is free, that it's faster, that it's usually not as good as traditional publishing?
1: Because it can be free it can be faster. And if it's those two, it's often not as good as traditionally published works. There are so many steps in this process that you need to be relying on other people for. Well, I'm good at English, so I don't need an editor. No. You may be good at English, but you may not be that good at typing. And your editor acts As a new set of eyes. You cannot read your work for the first time. Well, I have Canva so I can create this lovely cover design that looks the same as every other cover design, especially
0: if you're using a uh, template. Another reason why these myths exist is because there are companies out there that prey on aspiring authors, vanity publishers that say, pay us and we will publish your works. That doesn't work because they don't actually do any
1: quality control, which traditional publishers will do before they publish. So this myth exists out there saying, yes, self-publishing should be free because you shouldn't be paying 10 grand for somebody to hit the red button for you.
0: And then, of course, Amazon makes it really easy to self-publish digital books for free and quickly. They even give you an ISBN, so you don't have to deal with that nonsense.
1: If you are letting them give you an ISBN, they are more or less the publishers. If you have the ISBN yourself under your own name, that social security number for your book, it's yours. If they purchased it, it's theirs. There are
0: so many things wrong with these myths and the fact that people believe them. It's like the cover thing that you said. Nothing drives me more bonkers than seeing bad covers on self-published books because the authors didn't want to spend the money on finding a designer. I can use
1: Photoshop, so I don't really need a designer. How much design work do you actually do, though? Uh, Minimal. There is so much more skill involved in cover design. In publishing in general,
0: if you want your books to do well, if you want to get rich, then the process should absolutely not be free.
1: I am very fortunate in that my writing club tends to be very good at each of these different facets. So we have a fantastic editor sitting across from me. Who's part of the writing club? And that's how we kind of got connected in this regard. We have media marketers. We have all sorts of different interesting people. We have my skill set with sound and audiobooks and such. I still make an effort to pay everyone who helps me with the book. Sometimes it's just, I'm taking you out to dinner and I'll edit your book, you edit mine. Sometimes it's, you know what, we'll agree ahead of time you're going to get paid this much for voicing my book, for making it an audiobook. If they're good at what they do, they won't likely enjoy doing it for free.
0: And if I ever hear any of you try to offer an artist, a cover designer, an editor, whatever it is, experience and exposure in exchange for the work, I will come to
1: your house and haunt you. You may have to kill me first, but I will definitely haunt you. Yes. (laughs) We've talked a lot about what self-publishing isn't, but what does self-publishing actually mean? The
0: thing with self-publishing is that you are taking on all of the duties of a publisher by yourself. And you don't really understand how much that means until you get into it, because it's not just writing the book, giving it to Amazon, and letting them throw it on their website. It's editing, it's cover design, it's blurb writing, it's marketing, it's audience targeting, it's consistent exposure, it's getting reviews, it's getting readers. All of these things are things that the publisher in a traditional
1: sense would do for you that you now are responsible to do. One of the reasons a lot of people prefer self-publishing is they get to retain control over their work. But if you are any kind of a decent leader or working with people and you're paying them, you will listen to what they have to say. Don't argue with someone who's better at something than you. That's why you're hiring them.
0: This is why you do need editors, because they can catch things that you are too close to see. I love all authors out there, but authors have a tendency to hold their work so close that they can't see it in its entirety anymore. They really like this scene. They really like this character. But don't realize that maybe that's not the best thing for the book as a whole. And without another set of eyes, without feedback from an editor, from beta readers, they won't ever see it. And it'll be in there and their readers won't be as drawn to it as the
1: author is. The first draft is about yourself, the second and rest of your drafts are about making it digestible for your audience. If you don't want to publish, that is completely your right. Go ahead, enjoy writing, write selfishly, move on. But if you do intend to do more with your work and publicize it and make it real, listening to and having people you trust in all of these things that a traditional publisher would do, all of that's important. And having people you trust is the biggest part of this conversation. I had somebody else edit one of my projects and she was fine. She caught a lot of stuff that I missed, but I found myself looking at her edits, my brow furrowed. I would take a picture of the edit with my phone and then send it to Lee and go, is she right here?
0: And 90% of the time I said, no. And then I gave a reason why
1: I was saying, no, she's wrong. Ultimately, I didn't trust the new person nearly as much as I trusted Lee. Trust is important and building that relationship is important.
0: And a lot of times, I won't say all of the time, but a lot of the times you get what you pay for. If you are paying somebody $5 to edit your 10,000 word story, you probably aren't getting very good quality work. If you pay somebody with editing experience, knowledge, and maybe they're a little bit pricier, you will probably get better edits, better suggestions, better critiques. I can't say that is always the case because websites like Fiverr make it really easy for anybody to claim to be a professional editor and set their own pricing So it doesn't always work that way. You do need to do your research into it, but trust me,
1: it's worth the investment. Your biggest red flag in should I give these people money or not are are they going to make changes or not? If they suggest changes and then you reject them, that's on you. But if they aren't suggesting changes, then there is no reason to be giving them money. Give someone else who has your project's best interest in mind Give them the money instead. And
0: that's the interesting thing about traditional publishing. Traditional publishing is actually free.
1: Or whatever the negative opposite of expensive is.
0: Yes. Because, yeah, it might cost you a little bit if you want to get some editing done ahead of sending it to agents and on to publishing companies, But the publishing companies take care of the costs of the cover design, of the art, of the marketing, which is very expensive to do good marketing. Traditional publishing covers all of that for you.
1: Traditional companies want to take the product that you're offering them and make it the best it can be so that it will sell the most. Their goal is to make money off of your work. That's how they recoup their costs.
0: So, yes, they are going to have high demands and demand good quality things so that it'll sell. They put into a book a cost versus risk assessment. They look at a brand new author and they will invest less than they would in somebody established like Stephen King or Brandon Sanderson because you're an unknown. They don't know how well you're going to do, so they're not going to spend quite as much money on the cover design, on the marketing, but they are still going to spend the same amount of money on the editing because the content is what matters.
1: So if you are approached by someone who claims to be a traditional publisher, but they're asking for money, About Face and Run, Don't Walk the Other Direction. Traditional companies won't ask you for money to publish. They should be offering you money and it's like, okay, I'll give you two grand and then I get to do whatever I want with this and make all the money. That's where agents come in and they will say, okay, you can get a portion of the profits, you get 5% or whatever, and less money up front or whatever the arrangement of the contract is. But You should have one fewer manuscripts on your hard drive, but a little more in your bank account after you're done with this traditional publisher. Self-publishing is different
0: because you put all the work into it. You usually get the majority of the costs. Whoever you go through to sell or print will take some of the cuts, but you get the majority of it. Like Amazon, you get 70% if you choose
1: the one Pathway to get that seventy percent. We've done a couple other episodes comparing traditional and self-publishing. If you want to look those up, have a grand old time. Our archives are at writingrootspodcast.com. So
0: if you want to do self-publishing and you want to do it right, so you're not selling underbaked oatmeal spinach and alfalfa cookies, there are your options. There are author service companies that can help you get those services that you need in order to publish
1: well. The parent company for this podcast is Aspen House Publishing, and they are an author service company. So it will cost you money for us to help you publish because we have an arsenal of editors. We have a bunch of graphic designers. We have people that are experts enough in their careers that they demand to get paid for their work.
0: But unlike companies like Vanity Publishers, we're not taking and publishing the book for you. Aspen House helps you in the process, provides those services that you need, and then will
1: let you take all of the profit from the actual sales. The point is you can cherry pick which you want and what you don't. You, The author should be in ultimate control if there's an author service company.
0: There are several other companies out there like this, and it can be a little bit difficult to figure out whether it's an author service company or a vanity publisher. Trust your instincts. If it looks fishy, if they are saying that they're going to take the profits, that, you know, just give us your stuff, we'll get
1: it published, maybe don't. You don't want to be giving your stuff and your money away to somebody who's not going to do anything for it.
0: The choices should all still be up to you, whether or not you apply the edits, whether or not you use that cover design, whether or not this and that and that. It's up to you. And if the company is not offering that, they're probably a vanity publisher.
1: There are also certain things that you should be doing by yourself. Purchasing that ISBN so it's in your name, not the company that you're working with.
0: You should also be the one posting it to online retailers. That way you're the one getting paid when someone buys your book. Now again, if you publish through something like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Google, they will take a cut because it is using their server, their website, their stuff in order to get it to the public. But you're not paying two companies. There are some options out there that will Make this process easier. You can pay one company to then distribute to all of the online sales and it's easier, but you don't get quite as much yourself.
1: You will see sometimes we'll pay you quarterly your percentage of whatever it is. That can be fairly burdensome and you're just basically giving away your money. Not really predatory, but you're much better off doing it yourself. If you need help walking through these steps, you can find someone, there are a bunch of people who will be more than happy to answer your questions if we haven't already answered them on the podcast in some way.
0: And then of course, when you are looking for ways to improve your self-published work, look for people who offer the tools and resources that work with where your skill lacks. You may be really good with writing, but you need an editor. If you don't have design experience, you need a cover designer.
1: Or even if you're very good at something, but you don't have the tools, you don't have the resources, you don't have access to something to format your book. You know exactly how you want it to look. Formatting it is still difficult because cheap companies or free programs will do it poorly. Same thing with audiobooks. The investment in setting up a studio is not going to be recouped by your first, second, or fifth audiobook.
0: If you are looking to self publish and you have any questions about the process, about different services, feel free to reach out to us. We are more than willing to help answer questions. You can find us on Facebook. You can email us. Please do reach out. We want to help you. This is why we have the podcast so we can help new authors on their journey to becoming published. And not prey. Exactly. So we've talked a lot about the struggles of self-publishing. It's not an easy process. It can be
1: expensive. So why do you do it? I have a handful of reasons that I will pull out of a hat when someone says, do you prefer traditional self-publishing? One, I like that control. I'm a little bit of a control freak. I like being able to explore my own writing. So I just published a modern-day action vigilante novel. My next novel that's coming out is going to be Dark Fantasy. A traditional publisher won't like that. Though the writing styles are the same, the target audiences are different. And if a traditional publisher came up to me and said, we love everything you're doing, no matter what, just come publish with us instead they would be forced to hire my editor also because when you find an editor that works really well for you, do not let them go. I would be okay with that. A traditional publisher would say, no, you'd need to use our resources, in which case I'll go, thanks, no thanks. I am okay with using some of their resources if they want to market my book, fine, but they have to do it on my terms, which no traditional publisher is going to accept Unless I've written something so popular that they'll just bend over backward for me. Unless
0: you get to, you know, Stephen King level's fame. In which case,
1: don't need publisher thanks. (laughs) Exactly.
0: I self-publish because I don't really care about being famous. I like the idea of being in control of my stories and having it out there for my friends and family to read be able to have that physical copy and be like, look, I made this. (laughs) Do I dream of one day maybe being traditionally published? Sure. But that is a lot of work and I don't have a lot of time. I would rather just publish and have my fun because this is a process for me. What I love to do is write and I don't really care who reads it. So I know that self-publishing won't get me as many eyes because I don't put in that effort of a traditional company to market, but that's okay with me. But is it faster? Absolutely not. (laughs) I mean, maybe. I I don't quite know enough about the time schedule of a traditional publishing company, but I do know that it takes a while, but self-publishing should also take a while. Because I do still want my books to be of traditional publishing quality. I do want to make sure that the designs are good, that the editing has been done right. Is it free?
1: Yeah, no way.
0: (laughs) I've spent quite a lot of money publishing just one book.
1: Printing costs alone. That's something you can't do. It's so painful. Be setting aside that little bit of money now. That stimulus check, if you're listening from America, set that aside and consider putting it toward printing costs when the time comes. You'll need it. So whatever it is that you choose to do,
0: if you want to take the easy route and self-publish and publish those underbaked oatmeal, spinach, and alfalfa cookies, go for it. People might not like it, but maybe you'll find a couple people who are interested in that
1: cookie. Vegans. But
0: if you want to do better, we hope you've learned something from this episode. That self-publishing is not the easy path. It is a path in writing. You can't publish either traditionally or self if you don't start by writing selfishly.